Welcome to PR for Humans with me, Mike Sargent, the show for the best communicators in the business. In each episode, I'll be listening to their secrets and stories and using their insights in PR for Humans, the book I'm writing. Do follow me on Twitter at PR for Humans and LinkedIn. Visit my website, sergeantleaders.com. You spell sergeant just like the police and the army do. Today, I'm thrilled we've got Mark Dolan, stand-up comedian, entertainer, speaker, TV and radio host. The plan was to meet Mark at Soho House for a little coffee on the roof terrace, but due to hammering, soaring and all manner of audio distraction, we were forced outside, and it became a memorable walk through the streets of Soho. Mark Dolan, it's a slightly different episode of the podcast today because we're we're mobile, we're walking around Soho. We are, Mike Sargent. It's a privilege to be uh, on air with you uh, in London's uh, glittering West End. We're just uh, we're on Frith Street now, and what's fantastic is that we've been speaking for what thirty seconds, <laughs> yeah. and we haven't been mugged yet or offered drugs. <laughs> That's all to come. But it's also exciting because we've known each other for a long, long time. And Two decades or never, more. We've never done a, a, a program together or any kind of broadcasting, an act of broadcasting. Casting. No, and obviously, and you know, I asked, yeah. <laughs> and it was always a no. Yes, but um, but no, no it's it it's yeah. it's uh, it, look, I've I've um, always been a really big fan of yours. Uh, first of all, we were we were um, your brother and I are best mates, and uh, he works in broadcasting. You work in broadcasting, and uh, somehow our lives always seem to have uh, you know brought us back together again, whether it's social or professional. Yeah, and here we are now colliding. In Soho. Well, and it's a grey area. This yeah. is a grey area between social and professional, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Always. Always. And um, the, these are the streets that you, you walk day in, day out. Well, I don't want in, to sound pompous, <laughs> but this is my manner. This is my territory. In I own, the, own these streets. In your, um, in your role as a, as a stand-up comedian, an entertainer, and a television star. Well, bless you for that. Um, thanks for reading, reading uh, that description correctly. Yeah. And I also read that on I Wikipedia wrote. that you had two sons and four daughters. That's not right, is it? No, the four daughters are not daughters. They're just good friends of mine <laughs> whose company I enjoy, and I don't think it's right to judge me for that. Um, so basically, I, um, yeah, I love coming into Soho. I, like you, was born in London town, and there is something about coming into central London that always thrills me, and it remains you know, a television hub because TV production companies are still based in Soho. In fact, it's amazing that there are these massive businesses like Talkback Thames Mm. that are still squeezed into what are effectively Georgian townhouses. Um, And so because of the presence of TV and all of the indies are here, and also the post-production studios and everything, it it has that feeling of being the heart of British media, and it probably and hopefully always will. Yes, yeah, yeah, here's to that. And and so so now in in the world of of Mark Dolan is is a world of, of... of entertainment and, and jokes and um, yes, appearances on, uh, on radio and Look, television. And I, I'm very lucky. I'm, I'm a delightful and brilliant, slightly shiny person. And yeah. I, was, I didn't choose to be compelling, but I am. And it's, you know, I, you know, there but for the grace of God. No, I don't know, really. Isn't it funny? I mean, I've certainly never been one of those people that could ever settle with a, what you would call, you know, a normal, proper job. And I host quite a lot of corporate events. And while a lot of comedians are very sneering about the corporate world and the world of business mm. and everything, I'm the opposite. I'm completely sort of humbled by the expertise of, like, a, you know, a firm of accountants or um, marketing people. Because it's, like, astonishing how hard their, work, their job is and how competitive it is. And I'm, so I, I feel like it, the greatest privilege of my life is... Um, 
is is doing what I do, which I would sort of feel isn't a proper job. Yeah. But hitherto pays the bills. Good, good. And 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 this this podcast is about is about communications and how how people communicate. And some people might argue that stand up comedians um, are some of the best public speakers in a way of their type because. Um, because the best stand-up comedians can can really work work an audience. Is what, what do you think stand-up comedians do well? Is there anything they do well that that, that that anyone giving a speech could kind of learn from? Or, or yes, I think that stand-up comedians are very versatile people. Um, you know, everyone thinks that what you really do is just write a bunch of jokes and say them out loud, and that's what being a stand-up comedian is. And it's not the case. What a stand-up does, the main muscle of a comedian is to exercise judgment say what I do what I'll be doing tonight when I'm on stage in in uh, West London you're welcome right. yeah. um, in Richmond posh crowd that's you know they're my people <laughs> yeah. and uh, is, is that you make an immediate judgment of the kind of crowd that you have in front of you and you assess uh, as the as the show is going on you know what's working and what isn't and you're constantly editing and producing yourself as you speak and maybe that's the essence of a good public speaking altogether, that it's not some sort of over-rehearsed monologue, but that it's a live experience. And that if you're public speaking, certainly as a stand-up, it's got to be in the moment. Okay, not only because, you know, Not only because the jokes will land better if you pitch them for that room on mm. that night, but also because um, that's also where the magic lies. Because maybe something will happen and someone will, you know, someone will drop a glass and it will break and you respond to that. Now, many people would think that's their worst nightmare, but it's not. It's a fantastic opportunity because, again, it brings it all into the moment. And that's what thrills the audience. And yeah. if you ask any audience, whether they're at a comedy club or if they're listening to a keynote speech, those moments of spontaneity are often the icing on the cake. Yeah, however brilliant the speechwriter is or however rehearsed the performance is or however good a performer that person is, anything that happens that kind of breaks that moment and makes it real, makes it now... Is, is exciting for the audience. Definitely, sort of definitely. And the greatest disservice to any, anyone that speaks in front of an audience is for them to think they don't have the wit, uh, they don't have the speed of thought to come up with something. If you know, whether, It's unlikely you'll be heckled at a public event. Um, but, you know, if you feel you have to you respond to something unexpected, the bottom line is we all have the wit. You know, even Theresa May, now she's no public speaker. No. But... She had, I mean, it was a horror show of a conference speech last year in which bits of the set fell apart. She lost her voice and then she was essentially attacked on stage by um, a comedian brandishing a P45. <coughs> yeah, yeah. And um, Was that actually, the worst political speech we've ever seen? <laughs> well, it was the worst set of circumstances for yeah. a speech. Mm. Funnily enough, she, she responded as herself. In fact, I was, I was on a media outlet discussing her performance, and I said she did all the things that you could ask of a comedian, which is that she saw it happen, she let it, it occurred, it played out before her eyes, and she took a pause, and then she said, well, um, P45s, yeah, I've got one of those for Jeremy Corbyn. Boom! Yeah. Not a bad line. Now, she's no. not a comedian, but what it is is that she acknowledged, she acknowledged the situation, and so if something goes wrong, that's what you do. You don't have to come up with some extraordinary line. You just have to acknowledge it. Yeah, the, the bar is much lower for the laugh because it's the spontaneous moment. That's right? exactly right. <clears throat> and there isn't anybody that I've ever met that doesn't have the potential 
to speak to an audience. And the reason why is you've got to ask yourself one question. Can you speak to a person? Can you have a coffee with someone? Would you be able to get through that? If so, then you have the you have the uh, all of the tools with which to do public speaking. Okay, so a speech then um, or performance is is like a conversation in your in your view. It is, is that the mistake really... a lot of people make? They, they make yeah. it into this. I've got to be this different kind of person, and I've got to be this bigger um, version of myself as we cross Shaftesbury Avenue. <laughs> yes, I'm amazed that Still we're alive. Both. The best thing about this podcast is our continuing health. Because, yeah. um, you know, it's either going to be Do you some think we'll lunatic. Get to the 20-minute mark? No, no, because we're going into Chinatown and we're going through what I would call the triad area at the moment. Yeah. Luckily, I'm connected with most of these people. Good. But, okay. um, no, uh, yeah, I think, um, I think that it is a terrible cliche, but it's about being yourself because your own personality is your great weapon, your great resource. And most people have humour, so people worry a lot about humour in public speaking. And the truth is that you just, if, you're, if you don't think about humour, humour is too abstract a thing to be aiming for. Um, if you look at most comedians, what they are is being very much the maximum of themselves. It's yeah. an exaggerated version of just who they are. And no, one, no comedian thinks, OK, be funny, be funny. What you can do is go, be me, be as me as possible. Mm. And a bigger version of yourself and a bigger version of sort of reality as well. That's exactly right, definitely, you know. So and to answer your question, you know, I do think stand-up comedians, um, it's a tremendous skill set that they're, that they're fortunate enough to have um, because you're pitching these jokes to the public and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And what you learn is to have this veneer where you glide through it and a lot of the time pretend it's going far better than it actually is and it's a bit of a confidence trick and that is the same thing with public speaking which is that that nobody walks in front of a a group and and feels completely calm you you would be you would you couldn't be a human being yeah if there wasn't some shot of adrenaline and a bit of excitement and and some nerves and of course that's the key that unlocks a great performance anyway yeah how how do you deal with how do you deal with with nerves i mean if, if somebody does get very nervous before they go on air or before they go on a platform is, is there anything that you can do yeah there's it's the easiest thing in the world and it's to prepare yourself what you do is get your thoughts together in advance i mean the reason why most why most best man speeches bomb is because this bloke has tried to do it like on a stinking hangover on the morning <laughs> of the wedding on a on the back of an envelope and he, you know he's found wanting but there are other people that will have spent you know weeks or months putting their speech together and then it goes surprisingly well mm. so i do think preparation is is really good um and what happens is that as you prepare it starts to it's comforting as you prepare because you the, you know it's the unwritten speech you know it's the blank page and just the thought of this event that you're going to speak at which is so daunting but the minute you start to sketch out what it'll be um you'll find the nerves go and yeah. you know the the only the thing I really focus on as a, as a comedian. So I was on stage last night in Islington, and my main focus is the first two or three uh, remarks, mm. because uh, that is enough to win over the audience, and therefore to reassure both them and yourself. So I had two or three remarks about about Islington, and about the lively scene that is you know that part of London. Yeah. And and the audience laughed, and then I could relax, and they could relax. And so I think if you're public so speaking, so focus on the on the beginning, and and, and maybe the end as well. Or I or think not so I think the mainly end. the be- I think mainly the beginning because I think that w- w- if you've prepared, you, do you know something? If you're actually looking for um, 
if you're working, looking for the perfect uh, approach, it's to have bullet points. Right. You know, because then essentially what you do is you write, and this isn't stand-up comedy. So, so not is, actually writing the whole thing out word for word, never? Or Okay, so sometimes. if you have if you have a an auto cue, then you can have the whole thing written out word for word. Mm. But if you feel that you have a grasp of the, the material that you're working with, then bullet points may well be enough. So that'll be a few keywords. That's certainly how I work, especially on working with new material. Is it, I'll just have keywords. It will just say Trump, and then it will say hair, and then it will say orange, and all these other, whatever there's. But these little lo- words which then trigger a bit of material in my mind. But I think no. And I then think, will you memorize you know, those? The, the sequence, or would you, would you, would yeah, you have a card in your yeah. pocket sometimes? Uh, no. see, so, okay, so I mean, these are obviously quite technical questions, Pers- and I think well, it's it, personal, isn't it? it well, it, it all depends on the setup. So, some, if you, some people will be making a speech to an audience and they'll have a lectern, and on the lectern, you can have the complete speech written in longhand, all done on a, a word processor and printed out, or it can be on an auto cue. So, if that's the case. Well, then that's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, which is you write and perfect the speech and then you say the words out loud. Yeah. Although some people can't read, that's the problem. Well, um, so, so I try not to waffle on because I'm in fear, you know, of boring people. But if you're working with the, a, a complete written speech, the thing to do there is to print it out and then read it alone to yourself, but out loud. And you'll notice that you need certain pauses and breaks. And what you can actually do is put extra commas in. Yeah. You can italicise certain words. And it makes the speech seem much more spontaneous than it actually is. Yeah. So if we're working with the, 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 the complete speech, um, use, use, put the beats in. So there's a moment where you just pause because you know that you've just, you know, it's an important point that you've made. Yeah. Italicise certain key words. If you don't do that... You're forcing yourself to improvise those moments whilst under the pressure of having these people looking at you and the lights and all of the rest of it. So, so um, that's a brilliant. However, so that's if you've got the complete speech. If you know the subject matter quite well, then you can, you can have bullet points which are printed out. Might be a bit more detailed than just the one word thing that I told you about in terms of how I do it. But it might just be areas. Yeah. So let's say if it's a business speech you're making, then you could just have how to achieve efficiency. Revenue. You know, revenue. Revenue. You know, staffing. Loss. Question mark. Yeah, all of Redundancy. that. Then obviously, as you can tell, I've just never... <laughs> I, I'm not even allowed in offices now. Um, people just feel nervous around me, and I understand that. I mean, some business people I've met said they, that they're not doing humour. Uh, I've said, you know, the, right. one thing might be to start mm. with a joke yeah. for the speech. And they said, no, it's not me. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious. A serious person is that is that is that right if, if you say look i'm not i'm not humor can't do it won't do it should you fight that no i don't think you should um but there isn't i mean i've never met a human being that doesn't employ humor in their lives and there's almost nobody that doesn't employ humor in the workplace it's something that oils the wheel even the driest characters have some wits so why should you dispense with that when you're speaking publicly? And that's why so many people uh, fall short of what they can achieve because they think, as you say, they create terrible you know, labels for themselves that, oh, I'm not the funny one or, or that sort of thing. I think in some ways public speaking is your chance to shine and your chance to tap into these other parts of yourself that um, people don't know. 
you know it's a tremendous whatever way you look at it public speaking is a great platform and it's a shame not to use that platform for us to see you in glorious technicolor yeah but, but the, the kind of joke know, that you could get away with at the islington in the islington um, comedy club is probably a bit too risque for the average leader of an investment firm well definitely i mean this in terms of the humor if they can't if the person doesn't there isn't an inclination to make a joke um it's probably unwise to for them to speak to a comedy writer and get given gags because they'll say it wrong or they you know they won't say it with commitment because it's not their joke um so what they could do is just be open to improvising a little bit so i mean tony blair who was a very very um, persuasive public speaker very charismatic this guy could sell sand to the Arabs and one of the things he always used to do is he would improvise a little sort of moment almost a sort of line which is don't worry I haven't started yet but good to see you all you know yeah. whoops there's Sherry um, Gordon Brown you know you're whoops. welcome yeah. but I, I think that uh, that's what he used to do he'd break the ice with just a sort of casual moment. So maybe what you do is you have your speech written and there are no jokes in it, but perhaps when you walk on stage, it's just great to be here and thanks to so-and-so. And, and maybe just in the process of that ice-breaking moment where you... Because if you think about it, the encounter with an audience is very similar to the encounter with the individual, which is that when you walk on stage, you'd have to say hello. You wouldn't just walk on stage and say, right, yeah. profit margins. You'd always go, hi, it's yeah. great to be here just as you would if you sat down for coffee with someone so if you just take that to the nth degree then see if you see how much of that you can possibly manage at the beginning so it's lovely to be here the, the catering was great uh, you know if i'm honest i'm on you know i'm on atkins at the moment but i just felt you know i've earned it you know really? had that i've had that role so many thanks to you know but 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 um so yeah, I mean, I'm, I think I think that you can't force the comedy, but I do believe passionately that it's in it's in everyone, and therefore, um, I mean, well, one thing that will happen is that with confidence and over time, the humour will come because when people get used to speaking in front of an audience, then suddenly it will be a bit of a buzz to see whether they can you know connect with people or not. Because I mean, the way to view humour, it's not showing off and trying to be a comedian. It, it's another form of communication. It's another form of connection. It is. Mark, we've reached at the end of, of Gerrard Street and the end of this edition of the podcast. I know you've got a, a gig coming up in the in the dim sum restaurant here in, in what fifteen minutes. Or yes, so. I am, and English uh, English is not their natural <laughs> language, which probably will make my performance more enjoyable. <laughs> Indeed, it will, because they can imagine that it might be great. I'm sure it will. Rather be. than discover, discovering the horrific truth, I hope I hope it's been uh, helpful. Um, I, I think if anybody can, uh, you know, communicate public speaking it's you i honestly i it's ridiculous that i should explain to you and your audience well i don't how know, to get a message one out of there. the things is even even if you can do something which i not it's not not clear that i can because i've been most of my career i've been a broadcaster rather than a platform speaker yeah. there are differences yeah um but but even if i can then it's coaching the ability in others is a whole different question yeah and that's what i've spent the last four years trying to learn yeah how to actually get and talking to others try to get the best out of out of other people like like a, a great footballer who becomes a manager I suppose. that's it I, or, I mean I could use the risk of you know being a stuck record it's just about being yourself because then the humor will come because you're probably a naturally funny person and and also to keep your speech really simple really uncluttered so less is more you know just a few bullet points get your message out there and then get off which is what I'm going to do now here's to that Mark 
see you for another stroll around Soho. Thank you, Mike. Bye-bye. Thanks so much to Mark Dolan, one of the best natural entertainers and communicators I've been lucky enough to know. That's it for today. Please do listen in next time to the PR for Humans podcast. Thanks so much for your time. Goodbye.